because we think that the fifth generation will transform uh, a lot of industries and this shift in the or the transformation of the industry is what many people refer to as 5G as well. From Inform, this is Buzz IT Talk, a show about tech buzzwords, trends and the stories behind the hype, helping you go beyond the buzz. G'day guys, we're going to jump straight into today's episode. Um, my name is Antje Williams, as you said, I'm uh, responsible for 5G campus networks within Deutsche Telekom. Today we're going to be talking about perhaps one of the biggest buzzwords of 2019, possibly even 2018, and it's definitely going to linger into 2020, 5G. Just so we're working from the same page, do you mind defining 5G for me? I don't at all. Um, 5G is understood as the next generation mobile technology. If you compare 5G um, with former uh, technologies, um, it will answer the challenge to um, be used for very different uh, applications. What do I mean with that? When you look at 2G, basically meant to be for voice and um, voice only. 3G you can consider at the first steps into the internet. 4G was all about broadband, so about to provide data in the shortest time possible in a very massive amount, comparably to prior generations. And 5G wants to find an answer of the diversity of the application, meaning that you can have a network that is serving uh, broadband still, so a lot of data, serving networks that have very little data hunger, um, like massive sensor technology often need few um, data packages each, but you have a big number of devices connected. And um, last but not least, very sensible communication where you need a high reliability combined often with a low latency. Latency meaning the time that a signal travels from A to B. I think you've already addressed then the follow-on question is, is, you know, how are they 5G different from 4G or LTE as we refer to it here in, in Europe? Um, what are the benefits to that low latency and the high, the higher number of devices that can connect? What does that mean to a business? So it, it has uh, different dimensions. Um, often um, when you want to process things in real time, um, especially like in, a, in the automation processes, if you want to react on the data you have gathered and analyzed quickly, it's extremely important that this data gets connectivity um, very, very fast. So you need a low latency to react properly. You have use cases where something, for instance, is moving and has to do react on changing circumstances. Let's say a robot is moving on the floor and all of a sudden something happens and something is in a way. So the robot can react to it in general. For that, sensor technology is enough. 
you don't necessarily need a mobile network for that. But if you want other robots to know about that incident, then you would have the connection towards the network and then you would have also the need to have a fast connectivity. If robots should work um, together, it's even more important. So latency is all about reaction time and for certain use cases you would need extremely short and reliable reaction time. The other point you have addressed, the multitude of devices. If you um, look at it today, if uh, one car has already 200 or 300 sensors built in a car, we are expecting that the numbers will increase. Same when you look at a shop floor. Everything is full of sensor technology. The more robots you need, the more sensors you need. If not, it's too dangerous or they cannot work properly. And we see limitations on existing technologies when it comes to Wi-Fi or to 4G, when the numbers of devices connected properly. And this is a demand from the industry to say, we need much more devices to be connected than we have today. It's a fairly technical follow-on question. What is it about 5G that enables that higher level of connectivity? Why is it so different from 4G or from Wi-Fi in, in that case? So one thing is the um, improvement of the radio technology. Um, if, if you look at it, um, you have because of, um, let's say, better standardization, or what better is probably the wrong word, different standardization, you will, on the radio part, um, reduce the dramatically the latency existing. So it will probably go down from in a real network and not lab environment and so on. Um, we would say we have something between, let's say, 20 and 60 milliseconds normally today. Um, parts of it comes from the core network. Um, that's probably only 10 milliseconds, and the rest comes just from the radio coming from the antenna to the device. And on that part, we expect to, to reduce dramatically um, to a few milliseconds in a field environment. And because of that reaction time, you also have a better possibility to connect um, additional devices because you let, let's say you don't need so much um, um, uh, attention on the single device because yeah. you can process much better. So it's a change of the, let's say, technology. Where are we in terms of 5G deployment? Is it something that we're going to be expecting sort of later this year, we're already in the back end of 2019, is it next year or is it still 2021, 2022? So it depends um, what type of usage you're talking about. Um, when we look at consumer, you will have a rollout um, um, this year uh, started. So it will take um, until um, you have uh, a countrywide coverage, of course, but the first devices are out. They are still, let's say, high-level devices for some people that is very interested in um, new technologies, I would say. But I would expect beginning of next year, 
um, to come more and more um, in the stores for everybody to be used. When you look at the industry, a lot of times, so you need additional standardization when it comes to um, industry devices. So there is, we are working now, what is deployed now is so-called release 15. We will have a release 16 coming out March next year. Mm-hmm. Then we would have the chance to better, let's say, understand what industry devices look like and to process on that standardization level. Why is that so important? So if you want to have scale, there is um, you or you better do with a good standard so everybody can have the same basis for production, then you normally would say it takes another um, one and a half years until the products are ready. So this is time when you look at industries. I had the discussion the other day with um, some guys from Siemens and Bosch. We would not expect really industry devices end-to-end, so device, network, and so on, all put together 2021-2022 on 5G. I decided I wanted to know more about what what it's actually involved in in developing that standard and and sort of the technology that underpins it. And I had the distinct pleasure again of of catching up with uh, Chris Hoyman from Ericsson, uh, who walked me through uh, that particular element. Yes, um, my name is Christian Hoyman. I'm working with Ericsson Research uh, here in Aachen in Germany. Um, and within Ericsson Research, I'm having the role of a technical coordinator of the 3GPP standardization or the 3GPP RAN standardization. So as such, I'm basically responsible for the uh, radio standardization of the cellular system. Yes, it, it, it's kind of funny that 5G as such is not really defined. So uh, I think it's good to uh, kind of define it first, what, what we talk about. And... I think it it all originates from um, the um, spectrum setting groups uh, in the ITU. ITUs or the ITUR, to be more precise, is a subgroup of the United Nations, which is um, trying to harmonize spectrum around the globe. And uh, let's say every now and then, so every let's say ten years, they allocate a bunch of new spectrum to. Um, radio communication or to cellular networks. And in, in that kind of um, period, the cellular industry defines the systems to be used for that spectrum. And what's currently ongoing is the so-called IMT 2020 process, uh, which is a process that started with the definition of use cases for which the spectrum is to be used. Out of these use cases, a set of requirements have been derived um, which then the, the systems have to meet. And then standard settings organizations have been invited to come up with standards that actually meet the requirements. And once proven to meet the requirements, then they get the IMT 2020 stamp. So they, they are officially certified um, to be an IMT 2020 technology. And as the ITUR, as I said, it's a global organization, most of the countries worldwide adopt that certification. So whatever spectrum is then allocated um, on a national basis um, is then allowed to use that technology that has been specified. And 3GPP is one of the, of the organizations that have sent in a candidate system. 
which is currently under investigation. So we hope that uh, finally at the end of the process, um, the 3GPP candidate system will get the IMT 2020 stamp. Um, and that is, I think, formally um, then the, the fifth generation um, um, technology, so to say. Um, but this, this whole uh, certification process focuses very much on the radio interface. So I think one way of seeing 5G is a new air interface on the radio. But I think there's, there's more wider definitions. And I think in 3GPP as well, we do not only specify the radio, but also the core network. So once you have reached the base station, what do we do with your packets? Then, of course, they are transmitted further um, in, in the so-called uh, core network until they reach the final destination. And also on the core network side, we've set up a, a 5G core network. And then the RAN and the core, so the radio and the core network together uh, is what we call the 5G system. So from a system perspective, um, the fifth generation is the new radio and the new core network. I think that's an, another way of seeing it. Um, but then I think the third way of seeing it, um, or and I think that is also very much discussed in the news, is if you take it further than to the application layer, then I think the fifth generation system is kind of a, a mindset or a change um, in the whole industry uh, that involves also the applications. So a kind of a change in the way manufacturing is done or the, the change in the way how the automotive industry is, is behaving. Because we think that the fifth generation will transform uh, a lot of industries and this shift in the or the transformation of the industry is what many people refer to as 5G as well, because it opens up a lot of opportunities, a lot of possibilities to change um, yeah, the way industries uh, behave. Yeah, you've certainly touched on a, a couple of the peripheral industries, manufacturing and automotive, where 5G is, is certainly a, a very distinct buzzword. Let's cycle back. Uh, you've given me a very concise technical explanation of, of 5G and, and where we've come to. Just so that way, if we imagine a, a sort of not terribly technical savvy listener. How is 5G similar and how is it different from 4G or LTE that we're seeing today? Mm. Yeah, that um, I would say very much depends um, on the 5G system that you will see uh, because the, the, the cellular systems, they are operated on um, certain spectrum bands. And as I said at the beginning, these are usually, I mean, globally harmonized and then the, the nations, they allocate certain pieces of spectrum for their, for their systems. Then the mobile network operators, they usually auction these spectrum bands and then they operate their system on. And there's the, the, the bands as such, they differ uh, from the carrier frequency the bands are operating. And I think the high, and, and, and usually I think you can say that the higher the, the carrier frequency, the worse are the spectrum propagation conditions, or the lower the frequencies, the better they are. Meaning? The electromagnetic waves, they can travel further. Okay. That, that's what, what the propagation conditions is about. So the lower the band, the, the wider travels the electromagnetic waves, so mm -hmm. the wider is basically the, the cell that you can that you can set up with a base with a base station, which probably reinforces why I've read a lot that five G needs a much denser network of um, reception towers. 
Correct. Again, depending on where you you will deploy uh, 5G. So the higher you go, the worse is the, is the propagation conditions. But the good thing, the higher you go, the more spectrum is available. So the more bandwidth you have. Um, that means if you, if you go uh, up in frequency domain, the cells becoming smaller, but they're becoming much more powerful. Um, and then... Um, for for the fifth generation systems, a few bands have been set aside, and we have a few low bands um, with very good propagation conditions, but narrow bandwidth. And we have a few mid bands and high bands, as we call it. Um, then I think if you um, if you would compare LTE and NR on a low band with very limited bandwidth, there would not be that much of a difference. Um, I mean, of course, NR has a superior technology, but if you compare, um, let's say, a 5 megahertz low band with LTE and NR, probably the ordinary smartphone user would not make a difference. Now that we understand the technology and the standards and how they're developing a bit better, I want to swing back across to Deutsche Telekom and uh, sort of get an understanding of what it's like to implement a 5G project. Antje, let's say we've got a, a business or an industry that's interested in 5G. You, you said earlier there's there's a lot of interest in it. Um, how do they go about approaching a, a service provider like yourself uh, to um, start the rollout process? Yeah. So what we have to keep in mind that you often um, come from a different angle and um, that industries are not necessarily talking the same language. And what what we are trying to do is, um, in order to um, serve our future customers in the right way, to find partners to do that. So we have, for instance, announced yesterday that we want to cooperate with Anders und Hauser, is a sensor manufacturer for... Um, measurement devices um, with EK Automations. They built up um, AGV, so-called mini-robots, um, and also the Konica um, Minolta as an AR glasses provider. And we believe that we should build this ecosystem so we can provide at the end something useful for, for the customer um, hopefully also kind of end-to-end -end solutions that they can try out and have the advantage of partners that are working in this industry for decades, unlike us. And, and that's a little bit the way we want to tackle um, this field for us, new field. So then if I've heard you correctly, there's essentially really two ways for industry. Firstly, they might approach the current supplier to see what 5G capabilities they have. Um, mm -hmm. And let's say in the event that their suppliers aren't there yet, mm -hmm. I presume that they could speak to someone like yourself. Yeah. Do they need a well thought through idea of what they want to do? Or is it they come up with a concept and sit down with you guys and you work through the details? It is helpful when um, they, normally the situation is um, our customers they are dealing at least with the question of digitization for a while. So they know where their weak points are. Mm -hmm. And that is something extremely interesting for us 
that we can discuss then for for us to have an answer because we would not know better than them where the challenges are that they have in their own production. And it's very different. It depends a lot on the customer, what is the specific challenges. And um, then we can have a thoughtful uh, conversation. But only, let's say, a consulting from outside doesn't really work. In terms of planning for business, is it something, if a business is interested in implementing, is it something that, that takes a great deal of time to plan and implement or what sort of time frames do they need to be uh, looking at uh, to start a conversation around how to let's say we're a manufacturer how to deploy that into their factory so what um what we see at the moment that the interest is extremely high to try it out if you just want to try it out the implementation is not such a big deal because you can put up additionally a network to what what you have already today and then you can try it out depending on how much fiber you have to put in the ground and so we talk in months and then that trial 5g network is running simultaneous to their existing exactly is it the telecommunication industry saying to businesses we have this new technology it's 5g it's going to do all these amazing things and here are some example use cases and then industry getting excited or is it the other way around is it industry saying we need solutions technological mm -hmm. solutions to these robots not being able to talk together uh, from your yeah. earlier point i think it's both sides so if you look at um, the discussion in Germany um, we had on the spectrum, the industry spectrum. That was mainly driven by players as Bosch and Siemens, saying the industry needs their own spectrum in order to use 5G properly for their purpose. And that started already three, four years ago. At the same time, the telecommunication industry um, is always forced to invent a new mobile technology basically every 10 years. And they were thinking about how can they deal with it because they realized that existing standard 4G wasn't made for industrial use cases too much. Why? They had the first encounter with um, IoT business, machine-to-machine -machine communication, and they realized that the LTE standard for this machine-to-machine -machine communication as it is, is too expensive. Too expensive and uses too much energy. Um, therefore, they invented something which is called Narabin IoT in order to have a cheaper way of producing a connectivity, but also a way that possibly cannot do everything you can do with a normal LTE standard. Mm -hmm. So... That was the first encounter, like, okay, we probably need something different. And I think thinking from there, this is, okay, we need even more flexible technology. And then they started to work on 5G. So it, it I would say it came from two corners, um, from the industry itself, but also from the telecommunication industry um, and meeting now. And for the first time, um, when you look at our standardization processes, you see totally different companies involved. Yeah? So it's not only the telecommunication industry that defines um, the mobile standards at the moment. It's also production industry 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we need devices that are able to do this, or we need precise positioning, and that should be do this, or cellular positioning. Have you got some tangible examples of, of 5G deployments and, and some of the pros and cons that you're seeing? So <laughs> um, what we have in campus networks, it's only 4G deployments. Okay. Um, why? We recently just uh, received uh, our frequencies and the 5G technology for industrial use is not um, ready in a way that you could actually use it today. So we decided to go 4G campus networks, meaning we offer the customer a private network and additionally a public network. How do we do that? We, at the moment, um, we split the frequency and use it separately that we can ensure that the data doesn't leave the campus mm-hmm. if it's wanted by the customer and that for other use cases where you need to leave campus because you want to exchange data with others, for instance, then you can use the public network, it's a normal layer. And this build-up we have done... Um, um, just today we announced a, a network right next to here in the um, CCI, um, Center of Connected Industry in Aachen. We built our, our campus networks there, mm-hmm. um, indoor and outdoor coverage with a private and a public layer. And um, we have our first time customer was um, Osram um, next to Schwag München. We have um, built up the network for Borgwana in Hungary and um, for ZF. So this is what we what we have done so far. So now that we understand a bit more what it's like to get started and implement a 5G project, what's driving it, uh, some examples, and really the only thing less to do is uh, to take a decision on whether it's a buzzword or an action item. 5G, buzzword or something businesses should be seriously looking at and evaluating how to invest in it? I would say uh, both, actually. So, of course, 5G is, is a big hype, um, but there's uh, technology behind it. And I think I was always uh, very often thinking about this this hype uh, that 5G was actually going through. And I think it was very much useful because it was useful to open doors, to talk to other companies, to talk to other industries. And, and uh, I think we tried that before, but uh, I think we were not... Not kind of well received, I would not say, but we were not taking like seriously. But with the five G hype now, um, I think the doors are open. Everyone wants to talk to us um, as as an industry, um, and they take us seriously, and they really uh, have understood that the the cellular communication is a, a, a very good thing. I mean, it it can with high capacity, with low latency, with high reliability, connect the transmitter and the sender. Uh, so I, I think it's it's both. I mean, the the hype was was useful, but of course the technology behind it is, is very substantial, I would say. As always, you can find links to many of the resources we used in preparing for this episode on the Buzz IT Talk website, as well as contact details for our guests. Buzz IT Talk was brought to you by Inform. It's produced by Kai Kepner, Louisa Valendi, and myself, Matthew Wittemeyer. Our post-production is done by the talented Jenny Neustris, with special help from Sabina Volter and Thomas Bergmans. Learn more about BuzzIT Talk at buzzittalk.com or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. 
You can subscribe for regular podcast updates at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matthew Whitmire. Thanks for listening.